this marketing mistake might be something you're doing already, and I want to stop you from being sued for doing it. On this week's podcast episode of the REI Branded Podcast, I'm going to share with you how I managed just very recently to stop a client from making the same mistake I did and almost got sued for doing it and had to pay a fine uh, to stop being sued. You're listening to the REI Branded Podcast. It's for you, the busy real estate investor who wants to stand out from the crowd and attract the right leads, right partners, and right clients every time. My name's Paul Copcut, and each week we'll be looking to decode and uncover what makes a real estate investor brandtastic and how you can apply it to your real estate investing business. Each episode is intended to be valuable, cut to the chase, and actionable, so you can begin to implement quickly and easily to get the results you want in your business. Thank you for listening. Now let's get to work on making you brandtastic. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the REI Branded Podcast. And as I mentioned in my intro, I'm hopefully going to save you from uh, the fear of being uh, sued or the potential of being sued. Uh, but first of all, I just want to thank uh, everybody who has given feedback over the last few weeks about the podcast and how much you're enjoying it. And if you have any ideas for future guests or topics, I'd love to hear about them. So just pop on over to reibranded.com forward slash podcast. And on the right hand side is a little tab and you can leave a voicemail message or a, a written message and uh, let me know what you think and what you'd like to hear in future episodes. So into today's podcast. Um, so a few years ago, I wrote a blog post around uh, the winning of the election of uh, Justin Trudeau in Canada as prime minister. And as part of the blog post, typically I will use an image. So I just went out onto Google and did some searching around and, and he just won an election. So there was tons and tons of pictures of him celebrating that, uh, that election victory. And I lifted a, a, an image from one of the websites I came across and, and used that in my blog post and, and, and posted it and published it and, and didn't think any more about it. A few months later, I received an email from a company uh, that uh, handles uh, the, the copyrights to images, particularly images owned by large organizations. And the image that I had uh, used was owned by a French news agency. And this particular uh, company had been contracted to check that their images were not being misused. And uh, I had misused it uh, totally unknowingly, or at least um, perhaps naively might be a better description. And they were asking for payment for the use of that image and also for me to remove it immediately from my website. I thought this initially was, you know, we get those emails, we get those kind of scam emails and phishing emails very regularly into our inboxes. And so I kind of thought, well, maybe it's just one of those and I'm just going to ignore it. But I, I did take the image down from my website just to be kind of sure. So I figured that was going to be it. And less than a month later, I got a follow-up email from the company and in fact, also a uh, registered mail um, 
letter uh, making the same demands and uh, basically telling me that uh, if I wasn't going to pay in the next 30 days, then they would be taking it to the next level, which would be getting lawyers involved. Um, so obviously it was serious. And I paid paid the fine, several hundred dollars I had to pay, uh, which probably was way more than if I'd gone to a stock photography uh, website and, and paid for an image that I could have used commercially. Uh, so very big lesson for me. And, and I've always remembered that and I've helped several people over the years, uh, I've seen something they've posted or I've seen an image that they've used as, some, as part of something they're using in a presentation and, um, and advise them that, uh, you know, my, telling them my lesson and, and uh, what I learned from that and, and advising them to uh, obviously uh, change the image or remove it. And it happened just the other week. I was uh, helping run an event for a client and one of their guest speakers had forwarded on their PowerPoint presentation. And in the PowerPoint presentations, as I always check them and, and uh, go through them, uh, usually for you know just looking at making sure it kind of flows and it fits in with the timing that we're looking at the event. Uh, but then also, I'm, I'm kind of keeping an eye out for those kind of images that I think, well, oh, maybe that's not a an image that uh, should be used uh, for one reason or another. And I looked through this presentation and it was pretty obvious uh, that this person had used in their presentation a number of images that they had just lifted off from from the internet. And the reason I could see it was because the, the quality of the images, it, they were obviously um, low quality, they were a bit fuzzy, and that's kind of a first initial warning sign to me that perhaps these images aren't ones that they own. Because if you're buying um, images from stock photo companies or you're using images that have... Uh, a license to be used commercially, usually the quality of them is much better. So I reached out to the speaker and, and advised them that, uh, you know, or asked them, you know, were these images, did they have the rights to use them? And and uh, they hope, um, thankfully admitted straight away, no, no, they didn't. And and we had to get them to change those images very quickly before the event um, so that we didn't run into the trouble of not only uh, the speaker getting in trouble with that, but also because the client is then recording those presentations and, and using them on their website to uh, to promote themselves and, and uh, promote their products and services, uh, they could also potentially get sued for copyright infringement. So it, it can be a very uh, dangerous route to go down. And, and the chances are many of you who are listening to this have done exactly the same thing. And as I say, you know, I, I did a few years ago and naively thought, yeah, I can do that. That's not a problem. But in fact, that that's not the case. Uh, and you need to be very aware of the images that you're using in any situation where you can personally or financially benefit. And that's uh, a, a very important definition when it comes to using images or using copyrighted um, production of anything that uh, that people are using. So, you know, copyright doesn't necessarily just cover uh, images. It could be all types of artistic work, um, physical products, writing, obviously. Um, so, you do need to be very cognizant of the fact that anything out there on the internet is not just fair game or fair use. And I wanted to share with you kind of three key areas that you want to be thinking about 
when it comes to could you use this particular piece of material, image, writing, whatever it happens to be. So first of all, you really need to understand basic copyright. Now, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I'll put that up front. Uh, you do want to seek legal advice uh, if you're going down this route and, and you're wanting to use it or, or reach out to copyright lawyers or, or um, however, seeking professional advice. But this is from my understanding and uh, from my lessons and, and what I've kind of read up on the, on the subject. So understanding basic copyright um so for example if if you put a, out an instagram post or a blog article that content is immediately protected um that covers uh, as i said a wide variety of types of you know, pictures art writing physical products anything that you may can create you are immediately covered as soon as you put it out there um, the copyright symbol, interestingly, and I've read this in a couple of places, but again, I do seek legal advice if need be, but the copyright symbol is not necessarily needed um, because it is presumed to be yours straight away. So when you see websites where you see printed materials and it has that C symbol, it's, it's not typically actually needed um, from what I understand. And no one can use your content or your work without your permission. So that's a kind of basic copyright understanding. Uh, but if you want to be able to sue somebody for infringement, then you may need or you may want to get that work copyrighted. So registering it with um, the relevant authorities in terms of copyright in whichever country or jurisdiction that you're in. So step number one, understand basic copyright. And there's a lot more to read on this and a lot more depth you can go into, or as I say, seek legal advice on it. Secondly, you want to think about social media. Um, and every platform has different terms and conditions. So you, much as we don't want to read into the detail of terms and conditions because it's pages and screeds and screeds and screeds of uh, legalese, it is important to understand the terms and conditions when it comes to using content. You may not uh, be aware, for example, that posting on Instagram is a violation of their terms. <laughs> or sorry, not posting, reposting on Instagram is a violation of their terms and conditions. Now, 99% of people uh, are okay with that because we want to be able to have our uh, images and, and posts reposted by other people. That's one of the reasons that we're on social media networks. But it is, funnily enough, as an example, a violation of Instagram's terms and conditions. But if that 1%, uh, you know, if you repost somebody's um, Instagram post and they're in that 1% of people that don't want it shared, that don't want it distributed by anybody else, Technically, they could sue you for infringement of their copyright. So it's, you know, it's a common mistake or a common misconception um, that generally, you know, don't assume just because it's out there on the internet, it's fair game or it's, it's, it's okay to use it. You know, I, I, as I say, you know, I've seen it so many times, particularly with when I'm sitting in, a, in an event and somebody's using PowerPoint and they've got images 
And I just know straight away that some of those images are, are not, they're not legally using them. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be that you're earning revenue. You know, commercial use does not mean necessarily just earning something from that presentation or from that piece of, of content. It could be that you're just personally um, benefiting from putting it out there. So if you're making a presentation and you're increasing your brand visibility, your brand authority, that would count as being personal, getting personal benefit from it. And therefore you could be subject to copyright infringement. Thirdly, you want to ask permission. Um, make sure that you have the right license use as well. Some some stock um, websites where you're purchasing, you're spending money and you're buying a stock image, those images may have different levels of license use. And you need to be able to double check. And if you're buying from a stock photo um, website like iStockphoto, for example, you can reach out to them and say, you know, this is the image I, I've bought. Can you confirm what I'm allowed to use it for and what I'm not allowed to use it for? You know, that's part of their service. That's part of the, the reason that they're in business. But you know, fair use does not mean everything is fair game. Um, and as I've said, if you're benefiting personally or financially, um, it probably means that that image cannot be used for fair use. And I'm using images as an, as an example. Um, in terms of fair use, uh, I, I did a little bit of looking into, you know, what, what are the definitions of fair use? And, and apparently most courts use what they call a four-factor uh, fair use test. Um, so the first thing is you want to think about the purpose or the character of use. So is it is it for commercial use or is it for non for profit or education? Um, you know the chances are with non for profit or education, and I'm not saying in all cases, but most cases, it's more likely that that image or content can be used fair use. Um, you know what is the nature of the work that you're sharing? You know, so that's a second point. The third point is. You know, how much of that work are you actually using? So is it a screenshot from a video or are you using the whole video? Uh, is it a paragraph from a book or are you using a whole chapter or using the whole book as content? You know, that will determine um, how much of the work, you know, will tend to determine whether that's fair use or not. Uh, and the effect on the market or the value of that work is the other point. So you want to be thinking about, you know, say, say for example, if you're promoting real estate investing and you used a snapshot or an, an image of Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Poor Dad, that could probably be determined as fair use. So if you said, you know, Rich Dad Poor Dad was the book that made the difference for me and you, know, you wanted to recognize Robert Kiyosaki by using an image in a presentation or something like that, that's probably considered fair use. However, if you used the whole Rich Dad Poor Dad video in part of your program or services or presentation, then that would probably be determined as not fair use. In summary... 
three points that you really want to think about um, in terms of using anybody's content. Um, know, know the basic copyright laws. Read the terms and conditions of the platforms that you're using because every one of them will be different. And my best advice would be seek permission, not forgiveness. You definitely seek legal guidance because... Um, you know, this can get a very kind of gray area. And particularly if you're producing content that you're going to be putting out there, uh, and perhaps other people are repurposing it or you're selling it, um, and, or it's going to be out there in, in various platforms, then you really do want to perhaps invest in, in some legal advice to go get around that. There are places where you can get uh, free commercial use images. Uh, the two best websites that I use on a regular basis, and I'll put them in the uh, the show notes for the this episode, is the um, uh, the first one is pixabay.com, and the other one is unsplash.com. Usually, they they ask and they they like uh, they like it if you do attribute those images, even though you don't need to. To post attribution for them, uh, you know, it, it is a nice recognition thing. Sometimes I'll do that. Sometimes I won't. It depends in the the uh, the instance that I'm using them. Uh, I do see a lot of people using images off uh, places like Wikimedia. Um, again, you want to check with each image. Usually, in Wikimedia, it'll tell you what uh, what are the rules for your being able to use that that image. Um, and usually, they do want attribution. So. You know, depending on where you're picking the images up from on free sites, um, again, you want to check. Pixabay, you want to be very careful with, as an example, you know, you do a search and you find those lots of free images, uh, but they do have an, a sponsorship or a, an affiliate arrangement with iStock Photos. So very often you'll see at the top and bottom of your searches are other images that are actually iStock Photo images. And I know people have what they've done is they've just uh, screenshotted that particular image and used them. Well, again, you're, you're immediately breaking that copyright. You've infringed it. Uh, so be, be cautious with um, where you're picking the images up from, even on these free websites. A couple of other places that, um, or another uh, recommended resource, and again, I'll put it in the show notes. There's a great infographic by uh, from a website called the Visual Communication Guide. Com. And it's funny because I was going to use the infographic in the show notes and, and just embed it in there. Uh, and I picked it up from years and years ago, around about the time that I um, had uh, experienced my own uh, issues around uh, image use and, and the challenges I had. And uh, I thought, oh, maybe it's been updated. You never know. The language may have changed or whatever. So I, you know, for, for this podcast episode, I went back to that that website, thevisualcommunicationguy.com, and, and in fact, he had revised it. And the interesting thing is the revision infographic that he has, he has, a, he has attached a license to it. So if you want to use it, you need to pay him a fee for using it. So a classic example of, of where you would uh, cautiously, I, I think what may have happened is he may have produced the first image a number of years ago and lots and lots of people used it. And he thought, well, hey, if you're using it, then maybe I should get a little bit of a, uh, a, a recognition from that from a revenue source. So I'll put the, um, I'll put the link to the website in there. Um, and obviously, be cautious how you're using the infographic. You can obviously go to the website and read it and, and, and digest it. But if you're going to use it elsewhere, then you're going to need to pay him the license. 
Um, and then finally, you may also want to do a search under some of your own images because you'll be surprised where those images might end up. I found uh, particularly, uh, you know, one of the great examples is uh, on profiles. I, I see it on LinkedIn a lot. You know, somebody's reaching out to me and they want to connect. And I look at the headshot, uh, the profile picture, and I know it's it, straight away, it just looks like a stock photo. And what I typically do is do a reverse Google image search and it will show me where else on the web that image has appeared. I have noticed over the last year or so that Google image search or the reverse image search is not as accurate as it used to be. It doesn't seem to be returning as good results as it, as it was uh, a few years ago. And I, I now use a second website, which is tineye.com, where you can download a copy of the headshot uploaded into TinEye, and they seem to be a little bit more accurate in their results. But I have done it with my own images, my own headshot, and a couple of other uh, instances, um, some speaking uh, shots of mine. And I have found them used on other people's websites, uh, which is, again, uh, not not permitted. Um, had you know, I've reached out to them. I've asked them to remove them. Have I gone back and checked? No, I haven't. Um, you know, I don't see it as as a huge issue unless somebody was starting to create a profile using my images and then you know, misleading people or something like that. So it's a good it's a good tip for you to uh, perhaps take your current headshot and do that reverse image search or that I loaded up onto TinEye and see if it is appearing in places that you didn't realize it's appearing. Hope that's been useful. Um, thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. And if you're wondering where your real estate investing brand currently stands and some steps to make it more brandtastic, you can download our free REI brand checklist at reibranded.com forward slash checklist. That's reibranded.com forward slash checklist. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day.